Thank you guys for tuning in and welcome back to a new episode of Change the Subject. I'm your host, BJ. You can follow me on Twitter at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G. What am I? I can't even spell my own name. D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And you can follow the show, which can be found on Instagram at The Subject Change. Thank you guys for returning back to a brand new episode. And I am extremely excited about today's show. One, because it's pretty much dealing with business, which is something that we don't often talk about in independent podcasting. And I think that it's overdue for somebody to step into a leadership position to kind of hold some kind of standard or hold some kind of position for those that come under us as independent podcasters to somewhat have a guideline and i think i have well no number two is i think i have the perfect person to talk to about this and this person to me has been like very influential for the entire duration of me actually being a podcaster introduced me to merch and business and all different types of things and i think we all know this person to be very very impressionable a lot of personality a lot of energy so this conversation is definitely going to be good today i have jay from just say words slash the pod dealers network on the episode today what's going on my brother hey 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 what's going on everybody (laughs) i really appreciate that that's like the best intro i've ever received (laughs) you have like one of the smoothest voices in podcasting you just sound so unbothered <laughs> Man, i appreciate it but then uh hayes came along and uh and i was like ah shit i gotta i gotta get it together <laughs> yeah hayes does steal a lot of thunder i definitely understand where you're coming from with that but i just appreciate you coming through man it's been a long time coming for you and i to actually have a on-air conversation yeah for sure yeah. so yeah, yeah i'm glad we get to do this yeah so like all of the the years we've kind of like been associated with one another like you've noticed the changes that have taken place in like independent podcasting when there was like the clicks it -hmm. was like a big strong you know thing of having your circle be extremely big to represent power and Mm -hmm. represent like the numbers system and now you see that has kind of dwindled to where now we're want we're kind of trying to establish like networks and of course one of the things that i noticed about you was that your network kind of like derived from a t-shirt i remember you putting out where you said like respect your local pod dealer mm-hmm. you know what yeah, I'm saying? Support, like, yeah support your local pod dealer but yeah absolutely yeah so like ultimately was the, the network always the end goal for you when you initially started the network no, you know what? I think I had the same idea that everybody kind of has, right? Like, I really right. just wanted to get a lot of plays. Um, the The network became an idea once I did, um, once I helped other people fix their podcast. And not, right. not fix it in a way where we're doing it with audio, but fixing it in a way to be like, here's how you promote properly. Um here's who you should target or here's look at the other people that are in your lane. Right. Right. It's not your competition, but it's people you could probably learn and grow from. Right. Um, And, and also how do you affect your community? And so um, once I started finding people that I could help fix, and then uh, a lot of what I do with my network too, is about access 
Um, I think that's a thing that we don't think about as podcasters, how much access we need. And so everybody that's on my network has a different level of access to something that's actually tangible. And we utilize that. Okay. So kind of like explain to me, like what exactly is the, the ideal behind the pod dealers network? Like what is the kind of like the mission statement of sorts for you when it comes to your network? So with pod dealers, the main idea is to create, collaborate, and share. Um, we're constantly always creating. As creators, we, we're constantly brainstorming. Um, right. our, our idea is essentially to meet maybe twice a month and just brainstorm something that we see, something we could, um, something that we're interested in, that we want to tweak, something that we want to do, um, something that we're interested in collaborating we essentially we're on each other's shows i tell or not tell them but i share with them shows that they should be on people they should be reaching across the aisle to um so hey you should be collaborating with this person they kind of have the same similar audience so you guys talk about the same content in a way you should be reaching out and talking to them um here's maybe they can give you some ideas and all this other stuff um sharing we constantly talk about ideas but we also talk a lot about protection so we talk a lot about like protecting your intellectual property. We talk a lot about not misusing our platform in a way too. So when we have conversations about mental health, not necessarily, you know, letting people know, hey, we're not mental, mental health professionals, but this is just our take on it or this is something relatable too. So we try to share as much information um, about business and content as possible. I think that is like extremely dope. And that's ultimately like the blueprint for um, the networks that I'm actually trying to start as well, because one of the things about, um, well, I'll speak for one, which would be the Goldmines Media Network. I realized that in this creative process, I really didn't have a support system. Like I didn't have like-minded people to feed off of when I was in my dry spots, whether it was a creative block, it was a, you know, an issue going on at home with the family. I didn't have those people that can like give off a certain amount of energy and encouragement while I was creating these episodes and these different, you know, streams of content. So ultimately what ended up being the idea was to just kind of create a foundation to say, hey, I don't have it all together, but I'm here. And I know that you're somewhere out there needing the same things. Let's just hook up and, you know, connect with each other and see how we can help each other. Even if that's just merely just saying, hey, bro, you could do it. Hey, sis, keep your head up. It's going to get easier over time. Like even if it's just those words of encouragement, I think that that's a part of the the creative process as well. But then when um, I just so happened to meet Hayes, of course, and we decided to work together for the Breaks Media which is ultimately more like podcasts or media driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he kind of keeps me on my toes because like Hayes is very impressionable in certain regards as far as like how hard he works, mm-hmm. um, how much effort he puts into making sure that he, of course, gets things set up for himself, but have has things in place just as well for the people that you know he supports and tries to help along the way too so he'll create just as big of a lane for you even though you may not be able to venture off into his and i think that that's dope like i always really 
wanted to be a part of my own organizations. Yeah, but it's even more challenging and dope to be a part of an establishment that I really didn't even build from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And I still have to find my footing over there. So like, I think I'm in a very interesting position, but, um, I really see a lot of the things that you do on Instagram. And it's amazing how like, it's almost like your network is cultured. Like you guys are in all these different like forms of creativity. It's like art and it's like, poetry plays and all of these different streams of like creative conscience that people don't really see as creativity they just think that it's possibly just activity or hobby so like what what inspires the direction that you go into when you you know put those things in motion for your network so for me it's really about saying yes to things. I'm very much a person who will turn something down if it don't sound right or it doesn't feel right to me. Right. Um, but the thing about it is I had told myself at the end of 2018, because pod dealers turned one, uh, shameless plug, turned one on Jay-Z's birthday. So I started pod oh, dealers on, on, <laughs> on December 4th. And so it turned one and then so I have a business counselor and she was like, all right, your company is one years old. What kind of do you have to share, like show for it? And I was like, nothing. I legit did one thing. And that was podcast like a pro where we essentially tried to link podcasts with local businesses to work out sponsorships um, and then teach people in the community how to start podcasting. Um, and, and we did that. We, we had like 20 people, show up and we did that. But what we wanted to do is start making, um, we already were in the create phase. So now we are more in the collaborate or collaboration phase. Right, so, right. so that's what it's like. So we're showing up to art shows. We're showing up to plays. We're throwing live events. We are um, hosting things. We're creating, um, working on creating other streams of income. So doing things with paywalls and stuff like that. Um, but I'm also trying to put other people on, right? So I'm also finding more introverts who want to do things. So that's how we linked up with like Ingenuity Media, where they have access. And that's the thing like we're fighting for is like access. So right, uh, right. over at Ingenuity, they do video production, right? I don't have an in-house videographer. I don't have anybody to do anything like that. But I know how to direct and I know what production looks like. And okay. if they are if they are a production studio, but they are interested in getting into podcasting, but they don't know how to start or where to start with a podcast, and that's what we do, then we, it's better for us to collaborate. So we do a lot of bartering in that way. Okay. Um, okay. And and I think that's what people don't think. People think they have to pay so much, but if you essentially know how to set up a pitch meeting, you can almost get away with anything. You can you can sit up, you can set up a pitch meeting to explain why you would be useful to this company or to this particular brand. Um, and then that will give you more leverage than you think. Wow. Wow. That actually makes a lot of sense. I've, I've just gotten to the point where, um, it's been taking me a while to like build up my confidence to actually, you know, front, you know, front run for a event. Mm -hmm. And, um, Part of it is because I am like one of the most antisocial people, believe it or not, that you'll ever meet. Like, I don't really go out of my way to talk. I think Mm -hmm. that ultimately I have a lot to say, but I don't go out of my way to say it. I'm one of those people that just kind of 
um, has to be primed by a certain type of energy. So like when it comes to me as a person, I don't think I'm interesting enough to, you know, present something at that magnitude. I think that if you possibly throw something and you have an idea for what kind of context you would like to see within the event, I'm the perfect person because it doesn't mm. require me to lead it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And ultimately, um, I think that that's probably the reason why I'm in the position that I'm in now where I actually have to lead because I'm not comfortable in leadership, even though I'm prepared and primed for it. You know, I'm so yeah. used to sitting off in the back. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I was just the editor when I initially started podcasting and right. just so happened um, when my initial show kind of dwindled. And um, I was actually engineering for Penrose. Shout out to Penrose. Yeah, shout out Penrose. He would he would just ask me questions because I was naturally in the room with him. It was never intended for me to talk. You know what I'm saying? So um, fast forward to, you know, 2019. And now I'm like leading this, you know, this form of content. And I'm trying to project a certain type of conversation. And all the while, I didn't realize that this part of my life was preparing me for the potential of me actually saying, okay, I can do this. Let's start doing events. Let me start putting people in the, you know, the right places in the right rooms with the right, you know, type of business, you know, men and women and mm -hmm. all of these different things. So like, ultimately I think that your blueprint is exactly the same type of format that I'm following now. Just, uh, just kind of going through the motions of figuring out what exactly I want the, networks to encompass how do i plan on impacting both and mm -hmm. then also just drawing in the necessary resources and people to move you know podcasting and other forms of media forward um it, it sounds like a lot when i say it but it really isn't as difficult as i believe i'm making it because based on what you're saying with like establishing a pitch having mm -hmm. a purpose and then also being open to um, new forms of creativity and new forms of art, you'll be able to kind of like, I guess, develop a sense of niche, if that's what the word is, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I think it's very interesting to see your approach from the outside looking in because it's like, well, damn, I didn't really think, you know, people were in the plays and you start to find that in certain networks, there's a certain relatable or relatability aspect to it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. okay, we don't just want a podcast. We want to go to, you know, more cultured events. We want to go to museums and, you know, do different things. Like it's, it's broadening a perspective for mm -hmm. people. So um, I applaud you for that. Like, just give me an idea of um the type of shows that you have on the network so far. Like basically tell me who the, the shows are and what kind of content some of your, you know, podcasters create. Okay. Oh, so before I do that, so first I want to say, I think you are spot on of, of being like uh, very self-aware. I think when I met you in person when we were in New York, yeah, I think we probably exchanged 10 words with each other. Right. 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 I think we had that kind of kinship, like not in a way that we are friends, but in the way of like, Hey, I'm aware of what you do. And I think it's dope. And you're aware right, of what right. I do. Right. And I think the other thing, too, is I very much view you as like a point guard when it comes to content. Right. So oh, a lot wow. of what you do is like you set up scenarios or you set up topics for people to kind of like relax themselves, 
kind of go through the motion. I kind of hear that in Avery as well in right, her show. Right. So it's kind of like you guys have that um, about yourselves where you do that. I think a lot of where your lane is and where you will be successful at is in two areas, right? So one being a host, that's very much being the point guard. So controlling the flow of the show, letting things happen, and also being on panels. I think I think the thing that people always know about you is that you're very insightful. Um, and there isn't um, there isn't a topic that you really can't talk about. I feel like you're very insightful. I think that's why, um, and this is just a little bit of transparency on my end, why I kind of took umbrage with something that you had said a while ago about like not being able to freestyle. And you was right, like, right. And, I, and I find myself freestyling a lot where I'm like, yeah, I could, I could crank a show out if I wanted to. I could pick two news topics and something in my personal life that happened and I could put a 20 minute show together. And I think you had went through this thing about being like, that takes a skill and that's a skill I don't have. And I was like, I, I kind of don't believe that, but you know, I, <laughs> I can't, I, I can't tell that man how he's going to live his life. And, and, and it was, you know, it was really thought out and was well written. And I was just like, man, um, that's, uh, but that's also you being very self-aware. So I just right, wanted to say right. that before we move into the next topic. Um, I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the shows on the network, so the shows on the network, uh, they range, and I wanted to, I wanted to have, uh, I wanted to cover various groups. Uh, so the newest show uh, that we have is Leaders World. So Leaders World is a podcast. It's essentially for young Black millennial women. Um, Jalita Hammond is. Uh, she will soon to be an HU, not Howard, but Hampton University uh, grad, and she does a lot of content about like she talks about holistic medicine. Uh, she talks about her take on relationships and politics. Um, she's really thoughtful and she's really like upbeat, super positive. Uh, I still haven't figured out what vibrating on levels is, but you know she talks about that a lot, so I appreciate that. Right, right. Um, we also have Slick Radio. Uh, Slick Radio is hosted by Skylin Underwood, who also, through the poetry event, right, uh, right. he released his poetry book a little bit before, uh, a little bit before Naked came out. So that would be Brother to the Night is the name of his book. Also, go cop both of those books. Go so go pop, cop Brother to the Night and Naked. Um, okay, okay. And uh, his host hype. They just they talk about everything. They talk about pop culture, music, all kinds of dope stuff. Uh, he also hosts another show with two of his other friends called the Black Guy Wrestling Podcast. Um, and they just talk about black wrestlers from back in the day, and they talk about current wrestling. Dope. That's dope. Um, another podcast you guys might know is What Is TWS. Um, shout out to Rich and J-Dot. They, they're out of Texas, um, and so they essentially talk about everything, too. They talk about society mainly um, and how things have kind of changed. So from the way that we grew up to where, you know, uh, they talk about their views and masculinity and all kinds of different things. Um, right. So Jalita and Slick Radio and the Black Eye Wrestling Podcast, they're all out of uh, Hampton or Newport News here in Virginia. Um, Pretty Conversations is also out of Newport News. Those are three women, three black women who talk about mental health. They talk about relationships. They talk about... Um, they talk about a little bit of everything. They they get it. They get a lot of listener letters. So they talk about that. They give them advice. Um, Self care. I actually just had Raven on an episode this morning, um, and we talked about what it's like the mental health of creatives. Um, and that'll be a series that I'm gonna be kind of working on uh, myself here shortly. Okay. Um. Let's see. 
Uh, oh, Zoview Podcast out in Orlando. Shout out to Bo and Marianne. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shout out to them. So they, you know, they run the Millennial Podcast, the Millennial Haitian Podcast. Um, they're out there doing a lot of stuff in the community, too. So they, you know, they hit up the black restaurants. They give black restaurant reviews. Uh, you know, they always reference for the Haitian community. Absolutely. Uh, and um, all kinds of stuff. They mainly talk about relationships, but they all, yeah, that's really what they talk about. But I appreciate their take on relationships. Uh, and Bo and Marianne have a really great relationship in that way. That's uh, dope. Let me see. Uh, I'm trying to feel like, <laughs> I think I got, oh, yeah, well, just say words. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, who else do we got? Uh, yeah, just say words. Is an observational comedy podcast that is hosted by me, uh, your local neighborhood pod dealer. I am uh, doing doing that thing. So also the my greatest crown achievement that I'm super excited about, and this is probably going to be like my pet project, and it's going to form into other different podcasts after this, is the Saturday Series podcast. Right, um, right. The Saturday Series podcast actually started with us just kind of sitting around. I was sitting around with my mom, my sister um and my brother and it was all all of us are different ages so my sister is the youngest and we were just talking about the differences between growing up so my mom growing up in the 50s and the 60s talking about what it was like on the weekends versus my brother growing up in the 70s me in the 80s and my sister being a 90s baby uh we talked about what our weekends were like and then so we tried to make it a video series um we tried to make it a video series and it didn't really work out because I only did it with people that were local and other people couldn't make videos. Right, and so right. somebody said, hey, man, I would love to submit something for this, but I don't know how to do it. And I, somebody went, you should just make it a podcast. And so we made it a podcast where people can submit stories about their weekend. Um, it doesn't have to be super professional audio. So if you want to contribute to the show, just shoot me an email or hit me up on Twitter or whatever instagram and you know we'll work something out so you can submit a story and be on the saturday series we are halfway through season two season three is on its way so yeah we are working and those yeah, are all man. the shows you got a lot of interesting people on the saturday series that i just um kind of like noticed i uh seen quite a few of the people um like kind of like hinting at doing something but i didn't know exactly what they were hinting at Mm -hmm. It just so happened it would be, you know, the Saturday series, which is very interesting to see how so many people from different, you know, walks and areas of the world grew up. Like, you don't you don't think that it has a lot of impact on a person's like adulthood. And, mm -hmm. you know, interesting enough, a lot of the stories that you hear is just like compelling when you think about like these type of personalities that you listen to on the daily. It kind of tells you where their personalities come from. You know what I'm right. saying? So absolutely. Yeah. So definitely if you are interested in being a part of the Saturday series podcast, like he said, shoot them an email and let's just get some, you know, dope content out of collaboration and talking about your childhood. If you have something interesting that you would like to share. But before we get into like the, the meat of the conversation, I have a new segment that I, you know, kind of, you know, use to like get to know, the guest a little bit better and i call it q a and a which stands for questions answers and alternative now uh, typically you get about five or six questions it's kind of like a you know a gauge to see what kind of person you are and okay. if you get to a, a question that you can't necessarily answer or don't want to answer there is an alternative but there's no guarantee to how like extreme or how yeah. lighthearted the question actually is. So, okay. Um, we're just going to get started with the, you know, the first couple of questions. Right. So 
first question is, are you a fan of Neapolitan or Superman ice cream? Which one? Uh, Neapolitan. Neapolitan, I figured. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know many people that actually like Superman ice cream, but Detroiters. I don't know why Detroiters like this ice cream so much, yeah. but it's real heavy in Detroit. So um, number two is sweatpants or hoop shorts. Ooh. <laughs> is this is this year round? This could, it just... Yeah, it could be whatever scenario you could think of. Hoop pants. Okay. Hoop shorts. Uh, hoop, yeah, hoop shorts. Okay. Uh, number three is the Grand Hill Felis or the Allen Iverson questions. Oh, I'm from Philly. I have uh, Iverson all day. Okay. <laughs> all right. I should have known that answer already. Now okay. I had both. I had the Olympic Grant Hills and I was like, yo, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the world should stop doing what they're doing and notice me. Exactly. I, I still like every time I see those shoes, I literally have to buy them. They always on like the resale sites. And yeah. they always overpriced, but it doesn't matter. I have to have those Grand Hills, no matter you what. Gotta get them. Gotta get them. Okay, so number four is if you had to name your son a unisex name, which would you pick, Aubrey or Shannon? Shannon. Why? Why would you say Shannon? Um, I'm a big fan of Shannon Sharp. Uh, I'm also. Uh, a big fan, even though he's not that good at boxing, Shannon Briggs. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And so any dude that I know named Shannon is about that action. Okay. Uh, okay. I do know a couple Aubreys, and they, uh, fair enough, are light skinned and they, they're not in touch <laughs> with the rest of reality. Okay. Okay. So number five is okay. If your teenage daughter decides to introduce you to her new best friend who just so happens to do amateur porn, would you allow their friendship to continue while living under your roof? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, some of my best friends are sex workers. Okay. And uh, while they haven't, and it also garners a whole nother level of friendship, right? So right. you get closer to somebody if you see their taint. That is a tad bit. Uh, you'd be like, you know, there's nothing that's left off the table. Right, uh, right, right. But also, I think dealing with people who do various things also shapes what you don't want to do. Oh, that's, uh, a, that's a good point. A good point. Yeah, because so, I was around a ton of people who did drugs and sold drugs, and I went touched a cigarette or done anything um outside of just regular like drinking social drinking and right, but right. i was around people who like sold drugs and did all other stuff and i just was like whatever and my mom was aware and so nothing ever happened i think we have to give people the right to think for themselves i think that's the thing that we're starting to take away okay yeah that was like the perfect answer i totally agree i think that the idea of purity in a sense of like no type of like wrongdoing no mistakes no missteps mm -hmm. is like so unrealistic especially for friends because ultimately if you're not an actual like porn star or a sex worker you definitely have those thoughts you definitely you definitely perform those acts you're no different mm -hmm. you know it's it's almost like you 
you think you're separate because you don't self-proclaim it or you don't use it as a form of care for yourself like you don't use it to take care of yourself but you still do everything relatively that encompasses that person or position in life so it's i mean it's it's just whack that we can't give people the the space to or the agency to be themselves so ultimately i would have said the same thing i just always like wonder what people's thoughts are when it comes to um their children because i think that a lot of the things that we that we take position in mm-hmm. we tend to believe that the i guess the questionable position of the child having a friend that's in the porn mm-hmm. is detrimental but what's more detrimental is the fact that you don't think that you were an effective parent to steer that child to know right from wrong even in the position of having that type of friend like knowing how to safely protect yourself and how to you know navigate communicating sexually with men or women like you should you should trust your child enough to -hmm. know how to make sound decisions even in that circumstance so um that was a perfect answer you up for answering the alternative question absolutely all right so the alternative question would have been if you had to spend the rest of your life with your soulmate under one condition which would you pick to be hungry all the time with the woman who can't cook or horny all the time with the woman who can't fuck mm. <laughs> now here's the thing i can cook like i'm uh i ain't fat on accident <laughs> so uh so yeah so yeah i think Oh, damn. <laughs> so if I able to cook, like can I cook and then we can still smash? Um I don't know. I, I would say no because I want you okay. to have I want you to pick the greater Ooh. um answer. You know what? I think as much as women bang on us dudes for not being able to smash, I think I'm gonna take the uh like we're terrible as heck. I think I would be horny all the time with a woman who can't fuck because I feel like I could coach you through some of this. If you can get me to the basic like halfway point, then I'll 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 help you out the rest of the way. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think I'm that guy too. Like, um, I think that like I think that stimulation is so limited when it comes to men. Like it's so mm-hmm. limited. You only have one source of stimulation as a man nowadays. Well, for some men, I think it's only one source, but I'm actually stimulated in so many other ways that I don't have to physically touch you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. that I could, you know, compromise that, but to be hungry and then, yeah, and then not have that sense of nourishment. And then also just being an analytical guy, like to say hungry it's like a hunger for not just food but something else yeah. in the relationship it's like you can't produce certain things to satisfy those urges so like i think that's ultimately most important and then if you have kids your kids kind of suffer from that too so yeah absolutely know. and and eating is also like you know is a very communal in that way right so yeah, yeah. you don't eat in silence well most of us don't unless you're <laughs> in a house full of maniacs but like you genuinely eat and talk and you kind of discuss your day and you kind of go through the motions with people or share stories right, um, right. and so like you said so imagine like not being able to eat and then thus in turn you don't talk you don't communicate you don't kind of like uh, indulge in anything so you're like you said you're starving in more than one area 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks to be in that position. I definitely would pick, you know, I definitely would pick to, you know, be able to be horny all the time and not be mm-hmm. able to get that, you know, bedroom action the way that I would personally like it. Mm-hmm. But it's still tolerable because at least I get to eat and be nourished. You know what yeah, I'm saying? For sure. So that was pretty good. So now we're going to get into the topic, which in this particular instance, I'm going to call this conversation the top floor. Because ultimately, with being network owners and, you know, being the leaders of organizations that you see having, you know, grand potential, a lot of us misconceive the hardships that come with being a leader. We ultimately think that this person is just automatically elected. This is something that they've always wanted to do when it kind of is just like an inheritance of a sense. And. The top floor, even though it sounds good, it's not always the best circumstance for people to be in. I, for one, find it difficult at times because even as being a leader and somewhat responsible for running a network, I never really asked to be in this position. You know what I'm saying? And it's true. And it's weird because if you had told me I would have been a podcaster, I would have told you you're lying. Like, I honestly was just in the room trying to edit and, you know, do the engineering aspect. I really wasn't intended, you know, intending for this. So Mm -hmm. to be in a position where people respect my, my insight, you know, respect my opinion, ask me to do things. And, you know, it's, it's humbling, but it's very much challenging because I never really saw myself in this position. Like, did you always see yourself being this person today that you are? No, I think, and I still struggle with it, to be honest. Um, going into spaces now, I think um, I think this was the joke I was telling myself about, kind of like about Hayes, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he's he is doing that thing, like, like the Mr. T way. And this is no disrespect <laughs> to Hayes or Mr. T. But, like, it's the thing. Like, you got to say the Mr., right? So, if he's putting yeah. King Hayes or CEO Hayes on things... <laughs> You, it's kind of like a pimp named Slickback. Like you got to say the whole thing. So, which is why I purposely just say hey. Because I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, so, um, so my thing is, but I, but that's a, that's my insecurity in a way because I haven't. I've always tried to shirk that responsibility of being CEO, founder, all of that, right? Which is purposely right, right. why I put creative director on things, right? And right. so it was brought to my attention recently to be like, hey. When you walk in a room and you tell them people who are business owners that you are the creative director, that's all good and well. But what you are also giving off is that you work for the company. You do not own it. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so you need to say, I'm the CEO and the creative director. And I was like, damn, but I had always, like, like you said, I, I didn't intend for me to be the face of this thing. My goal was always to put the other shows in front. It's always to get these other people out there. Yeah, but if you go in here and you say, "Hey, yeah, I work for like if it was some if it was a corporation, and, hey, I work for um, Pfizer," and you're gonna be like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." Oh, well, I'm the CEO of Pfizer. Oh, well, shit, this whole conversation is different. Wow. So wow. and so, yeah. I had to be like, yeah, I had to really get to the point where I'm starting to say like, "I'm the CEO." 
or I'm or I'm the founder or I yeah, I'm the creative director. So I work on a lot of the look and feel of shows or things, the way they should roll out stuff, the way they should promote stuff. I have the eye for design and marketing. So I kind of get how this is supposed to work. But you running around telling people that you're the creative director, then it essentially sounds like you're the employee of this company. And while you are allowed to be in these conversations and be in these rooms, we are you are in a room full of owners. You're in a room full of CEOs and founders and vice presidents and presidents. And you're saying you're the creative director to them. This just sounds like you're one of the staff. Wow. That was a bar because, you know, like I used to think that minimizing myself was like a humble tactic. Like I'm exactly. the person I'm the person in every aspect that will like that will honestly and blatantly say that when it comes to my own worth and my own work ethic, I have a I'm like blind in one eye when it comes mm -hmm. to the things that I do, because I'm not doing it with the intentions of getting gratuity for it. I just do mm -hmm. it because it's necessary to get the job done and it empowers the purpose behind whatever, you know, institution or facility I'm trying to help, you know, move forward. So ultimately I used to think that it was humbling, but what it is, is you're showing people that you're not confident one. And then mm -hmm. two, you don't really respect yourself to be the higher up in the company. Like it has to be that person that can not only lead, but also withstand some of the turbulence that comes with Absolutely. doing business as well. Like you don't really understand that being the higher up is being able to take the good and bad and still withstand it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a Absolutely. lot of times it has a lot to do with, how humble you are and how aware and how much you observe and you add your insight to the way that the company moves. You have to take that ownership. You have to take that responsibility. And ultimately the CEO is the chief executor mm -hmm. in this particular instance. So being the higher up is definitely the best way to present yourself because it's, it does present you as being more suitable for the mm -hmm. position and the responsibilities. But yeah, just like minimizing yourself does communicate a lot different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was definitely something that kind of really taught me something. Cause I do that all the time, you know, yeah, like same. I feel like people don't want to be under who is figuratively a boss. And then it's like that yeah. attitude that comes with it. It's like, I would prefer to be like the leader, not necessarily the boss. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I definitely see it that way. Right. Right. So like that, the way that you put that makes total sense. And I have to kind of assert myself in a completely different way. The difficulty with me, since we kind of like reference how Hayes is with how aggressive he is about his own proclamation, mm -hmm. um, being a part of the breaks media was like very scary because I was so used to being the person that put the whole plan together. You know, mm. from point A to Z, I put the whole plan together. I can tell you who does what I can put people in positions like this would be good for you. This would be good for you. But when I got over here, I could not understand for the life of me. Why does this man want me over here Yeah, at all? Like yeah. he had accomplished more on his own than I had with the three or four institutions I formerly used to run with. So I'm like, well, this man is doing all of this by himself. Like, what was the reason 
why he would even want me here. But then also I had to realize that you're never too high up to learn something. Yeah. And I learned from him. And it's so much that he does without necessarily knowing that he teaches, you know what I'm saying? In so many ways, yeah. like how, how diligent he is about making sure that the people on the network have what they need. Mm -hmm. And it's just simple. Like, do you know that your show would be so much better if y'all stopped chewing gum? Or do you know, like those yeah. just little small things, little things yep. those little things. And you will be surprised at how much those things begin to show and just those seeds that he sowed. Like he's just that person that uh, say something extremely small, but it makes the biggest difference. But then to know that a person that high up can actually respect you. I think that being a higher up gets confusing because the people that are typically high up in whatever life you tend to live or whatever position you have for an occupation, usually the higher ups are snobs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and, like, yeah. And I didn't want that at all. I didn't want it either. I didn't want nothing to like bear resemblance when it came to me, when it mm -hmm. comes to like what the higher up actually stands for. So ultimately when we think about that position, we kind of change the narrative in that way, mm -hmm. because I know like you've always been just that cool guy that no matter what type of walk of life a person comes from, you can, you can have a conversation. You can definitely have like a, a one-on-one -on -one dialogue and it doesn't have to be awkward because hey look i make mistakes hey look i've you know done some things in my podcast that may not have been the best mm -hmm. as far as audio as far as promotion but yeah. this is what i'm doing now and you can benefit from this too it's not like keeping secrets to the you know the concepts of improvement like we you just always willing to help and i think that that's what the higher ups should like represent like always being a a source of resource you know what yeah I'm absolutely like, yeah i think so i think for me a lot of what i do is um trying to see what i see what people do online and make it tangible and how it works so i had told seth this um shout out to seth from sweats and suits mm -hmm. essentially what i'm trying to do with my network is a lot what they do with like poindexter and them over at uh, UML. Uh, uml right, right. and so Putting Virginia, Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach, all that other stuff kind of on the map to kind of create that same thing that they have over there in Milwaukee, right? Because right. when I think of Seth and them, I think of everybody that's over there, right? So we we thinking of TZ, I'm thinking of, you know, 72 and 10, like all of them. And then you move over to Indianapolis and you kind of see how they move as a collective. Like they could do their own thing as well. Right, um, right. And so I kind of like, I look at them and so how do I do that here? I essentially do the same thing that Hayes is doing. Like, I, you know, like I said, when we have those calls, I'm like, hey, you had your chain on too close to the mic or you had your bangles on. And it was, you know, I could tell you it was real animated because all I hear is, your, you know, jewelry shaking. Next episode, don't do that. Like, that's, right, that sounds really right. crazy on the audio. Right. Um, doing a lot of the same things, too. Like, um, I tell people it's like a high school approach. So I remember being a freshman in high school and then having classes in the back hallway and the seniors picking on you because you're small or whatever, right? But I remember that coming into the podcast game, like asking people like, yo, what, what, what kind of mic do you use? Or, yo, what kind of software do you use? And getting curved, like, or getting left on red or like being told to Google it or, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, right. damn, yo. So whenever I get into the game um, or whenever somebody comes to ask me a question, I will never turn them away, right? 
Um, right, right. I never turn people away for food or information. Those are the things you just don't, you just don't do. Uh, and so I'm very big on like sharing information. Now, getting into the point where we are doing business, that's when it starts getting tricky because I want to help you ideally, but I also got to keep the lights on. Right, so right, right. do I, do I give you the keys to the castle and tell you how to make a, a an all-star podcast or do I give you just enough information so either way you'll go, hey, man, I need some. Because a lot of times what people want you to do is they want you to do the work for them. Yeah. And yeah. you need to, in turn, charge them for that process. Right. Which that actually goes into, like, the next part of the conversation that I would like to call enjoying the view. Mm-hmm. Now, being a higher up, ultimately, it comes with the perk of having the top executive office. But nobody really cares to know what that person went through to get all the way up there. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. you enjoy the view of what the boss looks like or what the leader looks like or the success look like. But you don't necessarily want to do the work. So enjoying the view can be very misleading because you'll never understand why this man is where he is because you minimize it for what it looks like. Mm -hmm. It really is a reflection of his hard work. And that tends to be the thing that everybody tends to miss. Like you think that, okay, well, he the boss, so he's supposed to care about how I feel or he's the leader. He's supposed to listen to me. I'm the one that's doing the work. He don't know what's going on down here. I came from there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's difficult for people to conceive just how hard it is to get to where you are. And why you shouldn't give too much away because you have to stay there like you have to you have to have something to look up at no matter what position you in. Like, I think that as I've grown, I remember like when I first decided to go to a secondary um, institution for education because the college Mm -hmm. thing really didn't work. I didn't I couldn't afford it. So I had to Mm -hmm. go to like a secondary education facility. And you would be surprised how people used to treat me for just doing that. Like, oh, here go college boy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he don't hang no more. He don't, you know, he don't do the drinking and partying and, you know, frivolous stuff no more because he in college. I wasn't Mm -hmm. even in college. But what I had to learn in that particular instance is that's just how much you look up to me. You know what I'm saying? That you actually thought my education was much greater than what it actually was. It was just a little 18 month program that taught Mm -hmm. me how to build a computer. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just how much folks look up to you. So in that higher up mentality, I had to realize that people are ultimately always going to enjoy the view, but you can't as much as you want to. And as much as you have the heart to give, you can't give away everything. They have to work for their own views. They have to work for their own visions, their own office space. They have to create their own spaces for themselves because what I did to make it is very much doable for you too. But I have to make sure that you don't do it off of my back. You know what I'm saying? So it gets tricky when you become a higher up. So like in your instance where, like you said, like you have to charge in some way. And it's not going to mm-hmm. it's not going to, of course, be money all the time. But right. like, how do you charge people in a way to like warrant you to continue being of service to those who aspire to grow? So 
on our services page, there is, you know, we offer, you know, consultations, right? Because so when we had our initial class um, podcast, like a pro, we were essentially just explaining how sponsorship works, how we would like to work with local businesses and stuff like that. Right. But also we were explaining to them trading for access. So right. one of these one of these buildings um, that we or one of these companies we were working with, they are animators um, and they had big contracts with like. Showtime and um, HBO, I think, or whoever's under that HBO family, like those movie channels, right? And they had done some work and they had won some awards and we were talking with them like, hey, we want to do things because we were, uh, we had a kid who wanted to start doing a YouTube thing, but he wanted to tell stories, but he didn't want to be on camera. And so we were explaining how it would be a good idea to kind of work together, how we could do this, how we could help. and all this other stuff, obviously, like, I mean, if you're getting paid by HBO and Showtime, you're not trying to work with us. And we only got like a couple thousand dollars to kind of scrounge up and do something with. Right. right? right. But we but we want to access uh, in turn. I've also had people who want to pick your brain to death without necessarily trying to skirt around a free 30 minute consultation. Well, I just want to pick your brain. All right. Well, we did a consultation. So now it's a, it's a fee now. Oh, but right. I want to ask you a couple of questions. OK, cool. But a couple of questions going to cost you. Um, right, right, and that's right. and back to your back to your previous point about like being assertive in that way. I kept being like, "Damn, is it you know is the information I'm giving worth this dollar amount?" You know what I'm saying? Like insecurities and and being unsure of myself in that way. Um, being like, "Damn, you know, is this too much? Am I charging too much?" Or this thing, um, or even with the creative direction, right? So when we when we're launching shows from scratch. You know, from the ground up, we're doing like pitch meetings and doing all this other stuff. This, the last thing I say during the pitch meeting is once you launch this podcast, you have officially launched a small business. Right, right. You you need to care about this in that way. So if you not communicating with your customers or not doing anything like that with when you're going to come back, when you're going to leave, when you're going to take a break, this, that, and the third I asked a lot of questions that people never asked or I never even thought about. Right. So podcasts taking breaks over the like, you know, essentially the holidays. So people not putting out a podcast after Thanksgiving and coming back sometime in mid January or something like that was unheard of when I started podcasting. Now everybody's taking breaks. Right. People are like, I'll see y'all next year. I'll be back. I'm taking two (laughs) weeks off. And I'm in my head like, yo, the, the rule we lived and died by was like, we need to show up every week regardless Right, right. We don't care if your mama died. Like, give us an episode. Give us something, right? Yeah, right. yeah. And like, and so I, I mean, I was, I was in that, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to sacrifice a fair amount, a fair amount in that time due to creation, work, and everything else. And because I lived by that, right? Also, being around people who are workaholics, we got to show up no matter what. You sick? We don't care. Get do an episode. We, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't feel good. You don't feel like it ain't nothing to talk about. It. Everybody didn't talk about it. We don't care. Put something out. Yeah. Um, that, and that so, was, yeah. That was our, that was our creed. That definitely was. I remember like uh, having the, the worst time in my life um, during like certain, certain periods in podcasting because I was working so hard. I would record three mm-hmm. and four times a week and would not like any of the shows right. that I recorded. And it was ultimately because I only was recording out of obligation. It wasn't because I had the energy or the excitement or the inspiration to do it. It was just because of that creed. You don't right. take off. You don't, 
you know, you don't take breaks. Like, um, I salute those shows who have like yet to miss an episode. I've definitely mm-hmm. like taken some, you know, a many a breaks, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily that, that I even wanted to do that, but I just had to like, just not mm-hmm. feeling inspired. And, um, ultimately I use these instruments, like these networks and these different responsibilities to kind of encourage the process of coming back stronger and having a mm-hmm. way to um, exercise consistency because I realized that those moments of downtime are going to come. So like now I just record, 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 even when there isn't a show due, I record. Mm-hmm. So that way when those moments come, I can just have something in the can to say, okay, well, this was a good one. Just throw it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that has helped me in so many ways. Like even with putting out the very first episode, I I had to record seven shows before the first episode. So mm-hmm. that way it's like I'm sitting on a can of material and I'm confident to be able to take that three months because there'll already be something in the can to just put out, you right. know, and that's what leaders ultimately do prepare for when something goes wrong. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? And, um, I think that because we were so hard on ourselves in the initial stages of mm-hmm. podcasting is probably why we can tell the ones under us, don't take yourself so serious. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's it's a beautiful thing to be dedicated, but it can also be a deterrent when it comes time for you to pay attention to something important, mm-hmm. um, something that the higher power that you believe in may be trying to communicate with you. You're moving too fast. You're not healthy. You're not emotionally in the place that you need to be in. Like, think about those mm-hmm. moments when you're okay. Sometimes you can go a complete stretch of six months where nothing is wrong. And then the seventh month, it's just like all bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be intuitive enough to know, okay, prepare for that moment when you don't expect anything to happen. Because mm-hmm. when it goes wrong, it could go wrong and won't get right for a long time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's a lesson that I learned the hard way. So, like, I definitely record. I used to be that person that, oh, we record every Sunday. Now it's Mm -hmm. like, nah, I record no matter what day it is. I've bought, like, mobile recording equipment. I got a Mm -hmm. mic that hook up to my iPad. I'm in my work truck sometimes on the side of the road talking to myself. You know what I'm saying? And I prepare myself for those type of moments when just in case something happens, I got a bunch of stuff to, you know, put out because I don't want to suffer from, you know, the down, you know, the down times and the mishaps. Because like I said, it's that creed kind of taught us discipline, but it can still be taxing. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. I definitely don't want to be in that position anymore. But like to get kind of back on enjoying the views so far as the network owner, what has been the most enjoyable thing for you to see come from something you created? Um, man, it's been, um, it's been a, quite a few. So I think the first thing I've seen was, you know, doing pitch meetings for people who want to create podcasts from the ground up. That's been you know, once they agreed, yes, I want you to be my creative director. I want you to help me launch this podcast, whether they want to be on the network or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been like, I love doing pitch meetings. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, 
the response when we revamp somebody else's show like hey man we redid this and we 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 redid the way we do promotion now we average 50 more plays every week now um or through every cycle right or so like um i normally help them run their analytics based off you know we do a lot of analytics too so we when we first start we do stuff like all right here's your numbers which this is what you average each week you know from whatever your drop day is to the next drop day this is what you average so we need to do something between now and then to help these numbers go up and get in front of more people and so we do you know various things and we go hey our our plays increase um by 30 you know just in a month right, you know, right. okay cool that's dope um the other thing is the reception of the saturday series um it was the first time i had set out to really create a new podcast that i didn't have to be the voice or the face of right um right. I, I really did a lot of the promotion i mean obviously the character on the front is me um but it's really about other storytellers. And I think that's the thing. And I've also helped people who there are people who are going to be on season one who don't have a podcast. They're not podcasters. They're right, just people right. who have a story. Um, and that is the, my favorite thing is for somebody to just be like, Hey man, I got a story. Are you cool with me submitting it this way? Or can we link up and can you just record me or coach me through um, a recording session? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. So it's really been that. So pitch meetings, um, helping people get their plays up and, you know, the reception of Saturday series has probably been my three favorite things. Live shows are definitely dope, but they are nerve wracking. Um, wow. And it's a, it, it does. A, it takes a toll on you. And like you said, like as a person who also is kind of introverted in that way, being a host, paying all these things, trying to watch ticket sales, watch Eventbrite, do all this other stuff trying to make sure people are happy while they're at the event. Also making sure you're kind of catering to everybody. Um, while that is fun, when you're in it, the before and after take a toll on you. And yeah, it definitely you, does. Yeah, so you you definitely, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, I was, um, I was looking at quite a few of the, um, the peers that have, um networks with like I pay close attention to um uh podcast brothers mm -hmm. um Flaw and Fresco with the Audio Fam network and mm -hmm. um I like how I like how like you and the um podcast brothers have like a range where you can go from like a social gibberish to mama yoga. Like it's like it's so many dimensions and I really I really want that for my organizations as well but what i notice in the process of developing that range is that sometimes it brings about certain issues and thoughts from your own personal life that kind of inspire some of the things that you want to bring forth into like your business acumen of some sort mm -hmm. and that could be a little bit difficult and what i mean by that is like um i want to be a little bit better about my own personal like business development i want to be mm -hmm. a little bit more forthcoming i want to be a little bit more relatable i feel like even with change the subject this is like my passion project as mm -hmm. of right now but sometimes even on my own show i feel like i'm way too serious i feel like everything that i talk about in most cases is always stuff that make you think I really mm -hmm. don't have the capacity to like almost make you laugh. And that's because I don't get to laugh 
in my own personal life. And I didn't realize mm. that until becoming this leader. It's like you have so many expectations for the people around you. How do you have expectation for yourself in the mm. process of okay. helping other people? And yeah. the thing that was interesting about the podcast, brothers, is not only is Mama Yoga an asset to the organization, she's also the help. Like she gives mm -hmm. you that that quick 30 minutes of, you know, that help that you need, that mental health, that emotional stability, like that emotional intelligence. Like she gives you that in those quick little segments, which has been a while since I've actually caught up to Mama Yoga, but I believe she's still podcasting. And um, it would be those moments where I would like go to her or I would go to like Stephanie um, with better life choices and the mm -hmm. I said no podcast like those moments where you have to kind of like feed yourself like mm -hmm. it gets well we're going to go to the next part of leadership which is ultimately going to be called amenities like what are the things that you need as a leader to keep leading because ultimately the boss never gets the thank yous or the gratuity you never really mm -hmm. hear people say like my boss is amazing mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. what do you do to, like, feed yourself? Because I'm at a point of being actually drained as a leader. So I was I was very much in the space that you are currently in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, life was very serious. Um, I take content creation very serious, right? Right. Um, but I also go to therapy. And I also have, or I don't have, but I'm currently building a group um, two separate groups. So like people who can support me who don't really know what podcasting is, um, but they just want to see me do well. And then also people who are content creators who we kind of we're kind of puzzle pieces for each other. Right, so right. wherever they are deficient in an area, one of us in the group can kind of, you know, pick them up. Um, a thing that I learned in in this and during that time was one of the things that I need to do is laugh. Or smile every day right right um and so what somebody told me was go to pandora if you if you still have pandora and put on the comedy station normally or either so i specifically put on urban comedy um and he, he was like listen to this at the beginning of your day if you start your day off laughing your whole day has changed um and i was like damn that's crazy and when i did it 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 was true Wow, like I listen, wow. you know, it's playing Kevin Hart, Deion Cole, John Witherspoon, like all these, you know, old Richard Pryor acts, all kinds of stuff. Right. right and then right. also as a content creator, you are listening to these people and it'll make you appreciate them. Right. So I'm listening to how smart George Carlin is, how smart Richard Pryor is like this comedy is comedy, but it's also a one man show like that kind of stuff. So I, I'm picking these pieces apart. Right. So I need to kind of do that in like laugh and your whole day has changed. The second thing I need to do is not be so hard on myself, right? So I have to do a self-evaluation every day, okay. every day. Where, okay. where am I at right now, right? So I'm a person that struggles with uh, anxiety. I'm not clinically diagnosed with depression, but I get in my head a lot. And I, I think a lot of creatives do. We spend a lot of time critiquing our own work Right, right. Um, or not asking for help, right? Or not. So this thing that you think is terrible or, or horrible, somebody's looking at that and being like, I'm sure that's good. And not in that positive, was it toxic positivity where they're like, I'm sure it's fine, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. No, right. somebody's really listening to it. Like, I don't, I don't, 
I don't hear what you hear. Um, so why do you think this is bad? Like point it out to me because I don't have the technical ear that you have. So you might say like, see right here where it kind of breaks up or this kind of thing. Like, man, I don't think we should put this out. And somebody's being like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Um, I think that's been the case with me. Like I've thought so some podcasts that I've done or been on have been terrible. We put them out and, you know, you know, the hashtag is going up. People in the DMs or people are uh, mentioning us or, you know, responding on Instagram. And I'm like, dang, I didn't even really like the episode or I didn't really care about it. And people really seem to be responding to it. Right. Um, and it's not to say that I didn't care about the work. It just was kind of like I was kind of indifferent to the process or maybe they caught me at a wrong time recording. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I kind of just was like, oh, we just kind of, you know, I'm phoning this in. We're going to get in a couple of jokes and I'm going to be out of here. Um, right, right, right. So so as far as amenities, it's really more internal. Right. So I think I've had to let go. That thing is I'm very big on giving me my credit. I used to really be in my feelings if somebody didn't give me my credit. Like, no, you wouldn't have thought of this until I said something or you wouldn't have even known about this had I not told you. And I had to be like, no, this is a part of the process. This is a thing that people do. That is a deficiency in them. And that is not a you problem. Right. So. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I, I had to be like my things like you got to control what you can control. Right. So if I feel weird in the morning, I know, hey. For the next hour and some change, I'm about to listen to this Pandora comedy station. Um, after that, I'm going to kind of go into, you know, reassessing, hey, man, we had some conversations yesterday or we got to send some emails back. You know, yeah, you want to answer this email in a snarky way because you've repeated this thing to this person over and over again. But no, that's, you know, you're getting too deep into your own head about this. And also just kind of reassuring myself that the things that we're doing have a larger purpose. I think that's the thing that was always wrong with me too. I never really had a, I've never been a big picture person. Um, yeah, me we, I need to, yeah, the thing I want tangible results right now, right? I'm right. creating something for right now. I make this podcast. I put it out. It gets plays right now. This is not. So when I see people post like, yo, we got a hundred thousand plays or we got, you know, this amount of things. And I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah. If you, you know, go back and look, cool. Yeah, that's dope. Congrats to y'all. This is absolutely no shade. I'm just looking at y'all like, yeah, this, yeah, we supposed to do that. But my thing is like, but do you average, like you, if you average 90 plays and then you essentially go back and look, we've been podcasting for X amount of years and we finally hit this number. All right, cool. That's, but nah, I want more in plays now. So right, I got 90 right. plays now and I want 250 next week. How do I get to 250 next week? Like that kind of thing. I want. Yeah. And I think that's the world we live in now. Everything is results driven. And I had to like break myself out of that being like, no, we want to create memories and we we, we want to create conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we also want to create community in that way. So where people can kind of be like where you want to create community where people appreciate the content, not just consuming and be done with it. Like kind of the way we do music now. Yeah, you listen exactly. to an album. The album come out on Friday. We didn't forgot about it on Monday, unless yeah. it's really good. Yeah, but outside right. of that, yeah, you put your you put your uh, you know you put your podcast out, and we'd be like, yeah, BJ killed it again. All right, cool. You do a thank you in the comments on whatever, <laughs> and then we back to whatever, listening to whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I got and I got that attitude um, early. When I uh, finally decided that everything was just based on like quality and not quantity, I had the issues of like eyeballing the numbers. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was confirmation of how 
kind of like the the payment for how hard I had to work on mm-hmm. some of the things that I put out. And ultimately what I discovered in myself is that like I was still empty even though I poured everything out in the episode. Like I was mm-hmm. still that person that was looking for something to restore my joy or restore my energy after I purged all of these issues out. And in so many cases what people don't understand is a lot of my episodes whether they whether it be on change the subject or our two cents like a lot of that stuff is actually personal mm-hmm. you know it comes from somewhere and it doesn't necessarily mean that that somewhere is a a resolved place in my life so ultimately the conversations are really the process for healing and moving forward and mm-hmm. when i get too deep into this business thing it definitely becomes personal and um i i try not to overanalyze and overthink but when it comes to business and also like emotionally taxing issues there's this Mm -hmm. point where it kind of like it kind of clouds my judgment you know I don't want to be too emotional to a point where it's like I'm erratic but I still want to be very much transparent I want to be open to criticisms because in service you have to kind of take the good with the bad i don't want to be that person that can't be reached and i think that for a long time i couldn't be reached in certain areas like if you can't you can't reach me when i'm not where i want to be creatively because i can't hear you i'm more or less focused on trying to be the best podcaster ever you can't reach me if I'm down on myself because this particular episode only got 10 plays and then the other ones got 200. You can't reach me because I'm still focused on why did this episode only get 10 plays? Right. hundred percent. I think, I think that as creatives, we, we absolutely do that. I've, I've been in that space where I've done the same thing or comments or um, somebody reaching out to me because of the show. Like, Hey, I took, you know, I, I took offense to something that you said, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but yeah, I've never, you know, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't, I'm not really in the business of saying offensive things, right? But right. the thing I had to learn was like, if somebody is offended by something you have said, then you have done something offensive, and then you need to apologize for that, right? But I also am very much in the way of being like, hey, I want to figure out what it is you know, from your point of view, right? Because it's the, the uh, normally what we do is get defensive and then go, uh, no, nah, you know me. Come on, man. Y'all know me. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, yeah, they, some people do, but I also have to understand that, like you said, from a business standpoint, the shows, people are coming in, they are new, they don't know you. Um, so this is, you're really making a first impression every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other thing is, too, is like, I had to switch my mindset and it is very hard to do from the destination, right? So I'm trying to, I'm too busy. Like you said, I can't be reached. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta get, once I hit this point, then we can talk. Right. But my right. thing is, that's not really, that's not really where the fun is, right? The fun isn't the destination. The fun is the journey. Like you think about it in the car ride, right? Like if you're driving somewhere, y'all cracking jokes and laughing and playing the radio, doing whatever in the car, that's the journey, right? When y'all get to where y'all going, y'all done. You can go about your way. Y'all can split up. Y'all not speak again. But no, the whole whole time we in the whip, I'm laughing. We cracking jokes. We telling stories, this, that, and the third. So switching my mindset from the destination to the journey has definitely 
opened me up to being, like you said, being more receptive to being able to be reached. And somebody say, hey, man, like, why don't we just do it like this? Um, I'm also I have a very um, I'm big on having an open door policy. Right. So people coming to me about their podcasts, like, what, yo, what can we do or can we work together? Or how can we do that other stuff? I very much want to work with other people who are running networks or who are trying to run networks um, because that I've learned now that accountability partners are more important. And like you said, we've done so much of this as independent podcasters on our own to where that's all we think. That's all we know is being in yeah, our own heads. Being on our own. Going, right. Yeah, that's it. And so like, I would love to link up with more people and whether it be a group chat or something where we can kind of just be like, Hey man, what you working on? Hey, what you thinking about? A, you know, like, yo, you good? Like not even on some like business stuff. Like, yo, is you good? Like right, I've heard from you right. in a minute. You all right? Like, yeah. So I think we definitely need to do that more. Yeah, definitely. I think that I would benefit from that because there's so much that I go through. Like I have a, usually when I'm at a, a dry spot or a creative block is is always family oriented like i'm unfortunately for me and i view this as a issue um that kind of affects my creative space and i try to be as transparent about it as i can because i want people to talk to me and tell me how i can fix it i'm in a position of what i would like to call everybody's boyfriend right mm -hmm. now um my mother is single you know, my aunties are single. I have a girlfriend. I have a best friend. I have so many cousins and there's not many men around. And though it's humbling to be a responsible man, it's very taxing because there's a lot of different emotions that come at moments when I have to be a leader. I have to be the man in my own circumstance. I have so many different things going on. I got, you know, so many ideas that I have to execute on. And even my business partners in certain instances will, you know, have certain things that they need from me. And I can't do mm -hmm. it because there's so many people like pulling. Now, mm -hmm. the funny thing about this, and um, I kind of announced it on one of the episodes, kind of like telling about how I want to learn about women. I want to learn the the like the psychological and the emotional and the physical nature of a woman. Here I am saying this, but I can't deal with the women in my own personal life for all of the different things that they bring to me every day. You know, mm -hmm. these are the people that I need to talk to. I need to administer a conversation. And um it was taxing. Like I couldn't I couldn't do anything because my mom needs something, my aunt needs something. And it's literally only three men in my family. It's my grandfather who's not able to really, you know, be mobile. And mm -hmm. then it's my uncle who's up in age who can't be as mobile anymore. So I'm literally the only person that everybody yeah. comes to. And yeah. in this particular instance of me saying, okay, I'm starting a new segment that's going to be dedicated to women and learning how they think, learning how they feel and all of these different things. I didn't realize that. I was being shifted into the segment by dealing with my own family issues. I was mm -hmm. like, I didn't really adhere to the intuitions of leadership when, you know, pointing out what these things are, understanding what's changing, what's being developed, what's shifting mm -hmm. in the circle or the workspace, 
that you're in. I really didn't grasp it. So now I'm trying to figure out a way to use these things, even though they're taxing, use these to the benefit of my creativity. And funny, um, the funny thing is I began to express it. Like just saying to like, even in my relationship, I keep it extremely honest. Like I'm just sick of dealing with women right now, or I'm Mm. sick of dealing with, you know, the emotion. I love you guys to death, but it's very, very taxing to deal with the various ranges of emotion Mm. and the various instances of like being needed in certain instances where I have to actually work and have to be productive. Like I started expressing it and um, it developed a sense of conversation. And what I, what I saw out of that is that like, as a leader, it's, it's difficult to not pay attention to this particular area of your life where things are shifting and changing because Mm -hmm. what you begin to realize is once that, stuff gets in order it's even lonelier when you're back on top of things like because you're on you're the only person in this position like you're the only person at this level Mm -hmm. you actually need those type of things in order to feel normal you know what i'm saying like you don't want to be so high up to where like like us being the introverts to where we can't be reached to when we finally want to reach back is nobody there yeah. And I think that's the other thing, too. I think a lot of us, especially if we grew up in urban areas um, and black households, um, some people may not agree, but a lot of times we grow up in chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the and it's the only way we know how to function. Right. Right. Um, I think that was very much prevalent in my upbringing. Right. So mm-hmm. knowing how to function in chaos, um, living in dysfunction. And so, like you said, when times are peaceful, or times or people are at rest and we're not at each other. It's awkward. It's, we're not used to that. Yeah, I know, it is. I don't know why this is happening. Um, or like you said, or things are resolved. Like we figure things out. I think I kind of went through the same thing earlier or it might have been at the end of last year um, and into this year. I had a very much, uh, a very deep conversation with my mother, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, after doing, you know, a lot of like self-assessment, and trying to figure out where a lot of my learned behaviors came from, um, whether at, whether it was deceit or, you know, learning how to finesse people or kind of being, you know, um, uh, not necessarily emotionally detached, but like in a way where I know what buttons to push on people. Right, um, right. I learned that from watching the women in my life and my mom was one of those people. Right. So a lot of that stuff that we now call emotional abuse, like withholding and silent treatment and all that other stuff were ways, were things that I've learned to do to partners or um, the partners that I have or had. Um, And that's just the way I know how to function. Even when I started business, I was doing that. Right. Right, So it would be like somebody do something crazy or say something crazy. Uh, and after the meeting, you know, they trying to email me and I'm not talking to them because I'm like, yeah, they said something crazy and I really want to fly off the handle or I really want to do whatever. But we doing, you know, and this is business. I don't I'm not in love with this person. I mean, I care about them, but I'm just kind of like, yo, I'm not talking to them right now. Right. Like, right, right. And we can't do that because you the boss. I can't freeze you out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So but this is. This is the way. And and then when things are chaotic, right? So then I feel like I'm amped up because I'm like, yeah, y'all really need me. Look how much y'all need me. 
This is y'all, y'all need me. Right. I'm being crazy and you need me. So you need yeah, me. now, right. yeah. And so now I'm doing the thing. I'm gonna make everything all right, and y'all gonna be like, "Thanks, Jay. We appreciate you for coming through. Thanks for doing this, or thanks for getting us access to this thing." And yeah, y'all need me, and don't ever forget that, right? And I had to really like. <laughs> I really had to like, like sit down and do assessment. Like you are a maniac, dude. Like, <laughs> why are you doing that? Like this, you haven't been doing this that long, and you can't live this way. The company cannot function constantly being whatever. Because while I am fixing everybody else's problems, I still work a nine to five. Yeah. So I'm I'm dipping work early and telling them I'm gonna transition to work from home. But I'm really playing like hooky. I'm like go home. I plug my laptop in, get back on and dip. <laughs> like right, and leave, right. leave my laptop on and I'm running the. I right, look. We gotta go get inside the studio for this person. Hey, we gotta go link up with these people. We gotta do a meeting with this people. We gotta we gotta move these things around. All right, cool. Like record over here. Do this thing. You know, let's put some. You know, whatever we doing all this other stuff. But my job is suffering, right? So somebody will come in and be like, hey, there's a ticket that came in and it had your name on it. You didn't do it. Um, and my computer was acting crazy. The whole time I've been somewhere else, like playing podcasts, like podcast hero. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And and so, yeah, I can't. I also had to realize, like, yo, sometimes you can't save everybody. Um, but you got to communicate that. Hey, man, I, I know that you guys are going through something with the podcast. I know it needs to be up by tomorrow. If you're willing to work late. Um, on this, I will definitely come through, but I got to knock out my job. And on top of that too, I can't really shit on the place that's giving me a check. All of these don't, like you said, all of this ain't about money sometimes with the podcast stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very taxing. It's very taxing. I think when you, when you look back over all of these lessons that we've learned, some of the lessons were learned the hard way. Some of them just just were like in passing, like just being able to see other people's mistakes and kind of say, oh, that's something that I can afford to or not to do. Mm-hmm. When I look back, I think that I think that we're well suited for leadership. I think that the ideas behind the new way to lead is to have people that you've actually seen fail, that you've actually seen um stop start up again and those things that like we count as losses it's good that the public gets to see people that go through what they go through are now in the positions to help you or prevent you from going through those same things and i think Mm -hmm. it's more respectful when i when i say to you oh this needs to change it's easier for you to respect it because you can point out my flaw just like I'm pointing out yours. Like mm-hmm. I've allowed you to see that. And um that's the blessing in it all. I really do feel like um learning to communicate because I used to internalize everything. Mm-hmm. Learning to communicate when I'm not good and um actually knowing how to create conversation when I need help. Like that was something yeah. that I had to learn in this process of being a leader too because you know again like it's very lonely at the top and like you have to, you know, you still have to have those sources of support and those um, sources of constructive criticism in place to make sure that you're all the way on point. So I don't want to be so high up that I forget about the people on the bottom that actually propelled me up. And, you know, that makes a lot of the difference for like some of the moves that I've decided to make. I'm going to like step out on faith and try to do an event. I think I've seen enough of you guys 
doing mm-hmm. these events to where I believe I can construct one on my own. And I definitely want to do more active working with other networks so that it's like a hand in hand learning experience, seeing mm-hmm. the different styles of how we put things together, how we communicate in our business language, like developing a new skill set. I definitely want to do more of that this year. So um, I just think that us talking about this is going to like usher in more people being open minded mm-hmm. to collaboration, the creation, the the idea of family and community and business it's very rare for like people of color to actually say I have a family business because it's so mm-hmm. hard to manage both when you're black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like sure. it's so hard to manage both when you're African American. And then you think to yourself, like you can't do business with family. That doesn't always work. But then mm-hmm. you meet a person who's good at business and has an actual acumen of business but because he's not close enough to understand you don't trust him Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so you kind of have to like pick your battles as a leader and say which one is more doable and sometimes you have to go with that cousin that may just give you a little bit more mouth when Mm -hmm. you say let's do this this and this versus a person that's going to solely be on business 24 7 and possibly protect himself more than he does you, even though he works for you. So yeah. it's a it's a mind game. It's you know, it's like, you know, a mental exercise when we do business. But um again, I think it's good that we had this conversation because there's not much like network talk going around in our sectors. And I think mm-hmm. we did a good job of covering a lot of the things to expect and doing your own thing and starting your own network. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that too, especially um in the situations where I've seen um like with black men too. Like we do everything that you said, like so we're eternalizing and stuff. We're trying to embrace others while um embrace others and have empathy for others, but also critiquing ourselves to like the highest degree. Right. Right. right, right. And so you're essentially being like, Well, I'm a leader, but I'm also a failure. And that wow. those wow. those two things cannot exist in the same space. Wow. They they just can't. You cannot you can say you have failed as a leader and then move forward, but you cannot be a leader and a failure at the same time. That's impossible. Yeah. But we do it. Like we've had a whole conversation about how we do it, right? Right. Like right. I'm you know, I'm telling myself, um the one things where I said where I had to deal with my personal insecurities was like I remember having this conversation with J. Dot and Rich, um, and when they came on the network, and I had told them like I want y'all's show to be the flagship show for the network, um, and that's why I really have a lot of respect for Flaw and Fresco for over there, Audio Fam, because they make sure that it's synonymous. Audio Fam and and Podcast Brothers, they are one, almost one and the same. You think one of one, you think of the other. Yeah, right. So, right. And so my thing was the same thing. The same reason why I didn't say CEO. The same reason I didn't say founder. The same reason why my show is not the flagship show of pod dealers is because, like you said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of failing. And I don't want it to be like, well, pod dealers didn't work. So just say words don't work. And that's a, no, nah, I'm not listening to nothing they got over there. Right. So I go like, okay, J-Dot and Rich, y'all put out good content. People really like y'all. Y'all will be the thing. All right. So then just so happened, you know, um, you know, they got their own issues that they had to iron out and they had to take a hiatus. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, oh, now we out here kind of like faceless for real. 
<laughs> uh, and so now I ain't got no choice but to step up, right? So you right. seeing me out being in the community doing stuff. And so now people are being like, oh, yeah, you the dude who runs the network, right? Not the dude who has a podcast, not the dude who does this thing. You're the dude who runs the network, right? Right, right. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, and I had to like, even I tried to, like I said, like I tried to run from it. And and now, uh, when I like I said, when I'm watching you, when I'm watching um, Poindexter, I'm watching Flaw and them, I'm watching Hayes. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, man, this is the way you're supposed to, you got to move like this now. You can't even duck. Even, um, uh, shout out to, I, I know she doesn't say Empress Nick anymore, but Empress Nick, but like, that's the person that I watch too, Absolutely. as far as like how they handle business and how they maneuver right. for events and maneuver online. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, I think it would be great to have a space where we all could kind of like, you know, check in on each other, build connections. Um, and all those dope things. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely for that. I'm definitely for it too. I was just telling her like, um, you really don't realize the impact that you have and the small changes that you make. There's a huge impact in just her changing her handle from Empress Nick to Miss Nicole Banks. Like I mm -hmm. felt like that was the bossiest thing she could have ever done. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. it, it it shows in so many levels like, OK, I didn't go from rags to riches. I went from royalty to business. I went from mm -hmm. the elite to the elitist. Like I didn't like come from the bottom and then go, you know, steps up, which figuratively she probably has done that. Mm -hmm. But it was like a smooth trans. It was like a really smooth transition from just being the home girl to being the boss lady and yeah, for sure. and it makes a difference in how business run because you should still have that factor of yeah i'm the boss but come talk to me come holler at me come do this mm -hmm. come do that and she's giving us the opportunities to like expose ourselves to different people in different platforms with the pod connection so i really mm -hmm. thought that that small name change was like so it was so strategic but it mm -hmm. was so dope too you know, and like I said, it just needs to be like more boss talk, you know, amongst us, because yeah. I do think that we have a very effective hand and, you know, how the culture shifts for the independent podcaster. And I definitely want us to support each other because I think that having more than one network, having more than one option for people to learn and people to mm -hmm. be educated in this thing is always a benefit, you know, so absolutely. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think we should be doing more of that, right? Yeah. More knowledge sharing, more just genuinely checking in on each other. I think we also spend a lot of time in this culture critiquing each other and canceling each other. Yeah, we also do need a space for um, constructive criticism. Yeah, and yeah. redemption, right? Right. I mean, I know there is space to be like, yo, I'm done with this person, um, but I don't think anybody is like, um, you know, worth throwing away. I think. I think we need to see the value in each other more than what we currently do. Mm -hmm. it, it It's not going to get better if everybody is canceled. Like it's not going to, it's not going to effectively change if everybody who's making the mistakes are not free to do so, because then you don't have anything to learn from. Like you can't, right. you can't think that your time is not going to come either. Like you might be the person canceling everybody on the food chain but what happens when you're the person that's on that chopping block? You know what I'm saying? So let's be mindful of how much we tend to cancel things out 
because mm-hmm. it may be your turn, you know, and I would like to believe that even in the event of me doing something crazy, which I try my hardest not to, I would want a support group to say, no, that's not who he is. That's not what he represents. Sure. That was just a mistake. And I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why so many folks are scrambling for information because everybody that's canceled are the people that hold the cards, the people that, you know, have the the knowledge and the expertise to push you forward because, oh, well, this person got caught up in a mistake, mm-hmm. like a mere mistake. Like you can't you can't honestly think that everybody that makes a mistake is potentially a harm or a detriment to the yeah. culture. Like it's just crazy, you know, so. Yeah, and and before like I know we're getting ready to shut it down, but yeah, the yeah. the the one thing that I want other people to know because you touched on this is that we think because people have a lot of followers or a verified check that they tend to be gatekeepers. And the key to making social media and the internet work in itself is to kind of trick us into the mindset that there's limited real estate, like. They yeah, trick you. Yeah. They trick you into this thing where there's like there's scarcity when in actuality there is abundance, and you keep thinking because um, I preach this a lot about people who want to do podcasts and they just like, well, I just want to be just like the read or I want to get Casper mattress and I want to do this thing and I like, yeah, you know, there's ways to generate income without doing any of that. Right, there are ways right. to do this thing. You don't have to do it like this person. And so what happens is. We follow these people or we um, we pay attention to so many other people that we think there is limited space on the Internet. And that's insane to me. Yeah. But I also was a person who got caught up in that. Right. Like I'm caught up in this idea that this, the you know, I'm trying to carve out a lane. I'm trying to do this thing, but because it, it ain't that much space for me. And that's not the case at all. It definitely is. There's plenty of room to move around here. It definitely isn't. I really appreciate you for this conversation, bro. I really had I really had like a a slight jitter of like wondering if I was going to ask you all of the right questions. I was just sitting here racking my brain, but like this was way more than what I expected and I really do think we we did a service in this, mm-hmm. you know, with putting this kind of content on air and, you know, for people to consume and analyze their own moves going forward like even if you're not into podcasting whatever it is that you do whether it's music art photography there's a network somewhere for you to develop relationships connect with like-minded people and to flourish amongst people on your level so definitely if you have those ambitions um start investigating start talking start communicating as much as you can with just random people that you see around Mm -hmm. that could potentially help you you know it's definitely needed in every aspect of creativity because there's so many of us who don't have a lifeline to our creativity we don't see it being a nine to five for us or a lifestyle we just think of it that it's a hobby because of our circumstances and if we continue to have these conversations and push these things out your circumstance ultimately changes based on what you say and how you go about the things that you actually are passionate about. So I really appreciate you for coming through, man. 
Yeah, man. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate this. This is going to be a great episode for you guys to listen to a few times. So um, if you want to further your conversation with Jay, I'm going to have him give you all of his social media. So just take these next couple of minutes, sir, to do all of your promo for your network and for yourself. Give them all your social media. So, yeah, so you can find the network on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Dealers, P-O-D-D-E-A-L-E-R-S, um, Pod Dealers. And you can go to poddealers.net. You can go check out all the shows that we have over there. Um, we have links to stuff, and I'm going to start putting an event page because we're going to start trying to do more of that. Um, you can also find Just Say Words at Just Say Words Pod, uh, and that should pop up everywhere, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also email the show at just say words pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And, um, that's pretty much it, man. I'm out here around. So, oh yeah. Also support the show. You can support the show by buying merch, man. I would love to see you guys in the merch. Um, you can go over to teespring, teespring.com backslash stores backslash words pod, um, and grab a t-shirt, man. Take a picture in it, post it. We'll put it on, you know, all the social medias and the website. We're going to start creating a gallery. Um, probably in the summer when people buy more things and we're going to bring some tank tops back. Um, but we're going to work on some new designs too. So yeah, I would love to see you guys in some merch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure you guys support your local pod dealer and the pod dealers network. Um, if you want to follow and find me, you can definitely find me on Twitter at Dergo BJ. That's D E R G O B J on Twitter. Follow the show, which can only be found on Instagram at the subject change. Um, my two networks, one of which is called Gold Mines Media Network, is at Gold Mines Media. If you guys just so happen to want to link up with the community or a resource of creatives, that is definitely the network for you. We're still in the development processes, but we still have a lot of content and ideas to share and collaborate on. So definitely hit those um, those pages on Instagram and Twitter at Gold Mines Media to get connected. But if you are a podcaster or just want some kind of creative outlet to express yourself and get tips and ideas, you can also connect with the Breaks Media Network, which is at the Breaks Media on Twitter and Instagram as well. And the website is thebreaksmedianetwork.com. There's blogging, podcasting, music, the whole nine. So get in tune and connect it. There are two networks for you to connect with the Pod Dealers Network and the Breaks Media and Gold Mines Media. So you have resources, people use them. Thank you again for tuning in to the newest episode of Change the Subject. Until next time, peace and blessings. See you in two weeks.